Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Caught Offside with Andrew Gunling and J.J. Devaney. Oh, yes. Caught Offside just outside of New York City and from an apartment in Brooklyn, New York. Andrew Gunling, J.J. Devaney, back-to-back CONCACAF. Nations League champs. What's up, brother? Just listening to Christian Pulisic there, and he was very, very matter of fact about things. You know, he was asked, what does it mean for this team? You know, and kind of in the tones of like, what an achievement, et cetera, et cetera. And he was more like, well, it's a stepping stone in the right direction. And it kind of reflects my mood after tonight's game because like it was a good result. US showed way more than Canada did. Um, But Everything that went into that game, it was just, it didn't feel, maybe we've been spoiled in the recent, like the Gold Cup final and the Nations League final, like the drama, the crowd, the intensity of playing against Mexico. Uh, but we didn't really have that tonight. And um, and I'd, I mean, it doesn't doesn't diminish the achievement. It's still a good win. Great to, great to have more silverware. But tonight is so such a different vibe than the vibe we were rolling with uh, on Thursday night. I would say you're not wrong. Now, look, they did win a title tonight, which is important. Yeah, for I know, team. but like I, I'm just reflecting um, what what the senior pro on the team. You yeah, know, the, he's like, well, okay, fine, you know. Yeah, and the fact that there wasn't a ton of drama along with it, it was, you know, we'll we'll go through the game chapter and verse, but you know, it didn't it didn't come down to the final seconds, uh, like like you said, like some of the past um, trophies that the U.S. have won did. Um, you're right. The crowd probably had something to do with it. It was listed at 35,000. Exactly. Um, it's very unusual when you get the those perfect even numbers in terms of what the attendance is. But yeah, so that maybe had something to do with it. And look, I think the fact too, we talk about this all the time when the U.S. when it's not Mexico that the U.S. are playing in a final, it does, you know, it does feel different. That's no slight against Canada. They absolutely deserve to be in this game. They've proven over the last couple of years or so that they are 
one of the teams to be reckoned with in this region. But there's just generations of history between the U.S. and Mexico in a way that there's not yet with the U.S. and Canada. Those games against Mexico feel bigger. Um, and so when it's not those two playing in a final, it, it feels a little bit different. Maybe we'll get to that point with Canada. Uh, but I was so hopeful. I was uh, so fueled and 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 on fire from the other night that when Tejan Buchanan, yeah, uh, pushed Brendan Aronson to get off the field quicker, and Christian Pulisic came running across, I was like, "Come on, come on!" Because honestly, uh, the game tonight, like, it didn't stir the soul in the same way. And I know it's going to be harder. And you say there's no history there, but like I think if Canada, Canada, no, no, been... I didn't say there's no history. I said but it's not the history not that the US same. had with Mexico. Yeah, and I, but I think, I think if Canada had brought more to the table, in terms of their play, they, I mean they could never really get it going in the final third. They couldn't manage the fluidity that the US did on occasion. I'm not saying the US played brilliantly; they didn't, didn't have to. Um, but I think if Canada had offered more, maybe there would have been a spark. But there was there was a point at one nil just before uh, the Balogun goal, and I'm like, jeez. You know, you could hear the echoes of the crowd. Um, it was just like it was a cruise for the US. Canada weren't making great headway. And you just thought second goal here now, and this is toast. There's no way they're coming back. And and so it proved to be the case. Yeah. Uh, so let's go through some of this because um, it was a fun night. I'm not going to let you rain on this parade. Fun your... night. Yeah. Like, why can't you just say it? it's brilliant to win, but that was that was whatever. What was not fun about that? I don't understand. I thought the U.S. played really well. They no, they did not play really well. They played. They played fine. They didn't need to play really well. A lot of that was well, disjointed. That balls flying all over the place. Um, the, I mean the the uh, the goal. I th- I thought actually the lead up to the first goal to the corner kick that was pretty good play. I thought the goal itself, the second goal, um, Balogun's goal was good, but like it wasn't. I mean, very like I've seen the U.S. play way better than that. Yeah, I mean, look. Yes, that is true, but I don't know. I, th- I thought they played really well. The first 10 minutes, there was a great pace to that game. Uh, it culminated with the U.S. getting a goal off a set piece, which we talk all the time, mm-hmm. especially in tournaments, is so vital for them. Um, overall, uh, over the course of the entire night, I thought their set pieces were actually really good. I know they only got one goal off of them, uh, but the one that they were, you know, Pulisic when he laid it off to, uh, was it Tim Weah who fired it out um, from about, I don't know, 20-something yards away? That was, you know, forced forced a good save out of Canada on that one. Gio Reyna, in general, I thought Reyna was good. Plays in a really good corner kick right before halftime. Pulisic played in a free kick that I I really thought they were going to score on. It was like perfectly placed by the back post. Um, Probably felt like the U.S. probably probably should have had a goal there. Um, So you know, I I thought, but yes, to go back to the original comment there about uh, going through the game, twelfth minute, Richards, good for him. like we said, the, the corner was in the right spot and he was in the right spot. Zimmerman did a good job of kind of taking multiple defenders away. So Richards had an avenue to to move through and smash that one home. Uh, and U.S. were off and running. And it just, it felt, I don't know, I, I feel like it was important that the U.S. scored first in this game, obviously, but more so just because the momentum that they had from the other night, uh, it felt like it could, it, it could continue. Once they scored first, if if Canada come out first, then now, now the U.S. are on their heels. Now it's very much, um, 
you know, the other night becomes sort of forgotten and the U.S. are now playing from behind. And that's that's just tougher, especially in a cup final. Uh, so they scored first and all that momentum could carry with them. And I thought they continued to play well through most of the first half. I thought they were clearly the better side. Canada did have chances tonight. Mexico, like A lot of what I was watching tonight, I was kind of comparing in my head between tonight and what happened the other night. And so every time Canada had any, even a half chance, I was like, oh, this is a little more dangerous than the other night. But I had to remind myself, no, the other night, though, was nothing. Like Mexico had no opportunities. It's normal for a team to have opportunities here and yeah. there. Um, and then to go to the 34th minute, just well worked in the midfield. The U.S. have been pretty good there over the course of these two games. Pretty good to very good at times. Um, and then it winds the, up the Canadian it, positioning on the turnover. Yeah. Um, like Jesus Christ, the way that gap opened up, you're like, go on, go on, Rana. Go Like uh, the minute he got, it, I thought we're in, we're in. And he, and he did, he did everything right. And his ball was perfectly weighted. Balogun made the right run. And you could see Balogun communicating to Reyna before that ball was played, pointing to the spot where he wanted it. He finished perfectly. And I think right away it was, oh, he's, He's for real, isn't he? I knew it. I knew he was effing for real. And look what he's doing. Oh man, it was that was just a, that was such a nice moment there. I think the way he held off Kennedy as well with one arm and let the ball run across him and then fired home was 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 good. But I, I honestly, I thought we're going to score here. The minute Reina got the ball, it was just no Canadian. The Canadian had completely vacated that area, left a huge gap, and it was um, it was it was a bad night. For Herdman, like if if you think about the way Canada were going into, we'll say October, November, going into the World Cup, I mean they were the best team in Concacaf. They were the form side, um, and there's been so much going on behind the scenes in terms of like uh, the federation. Just it's 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 problems seem. I mean, coming from a, a background of a terrible federation in the Football Association of Ireland, that for decades have been uh stifling football rather than doing their stated aim which is to grow the game the canadian football association seems to be uh you know having its own moment and all those things and now you look at it and you think how comprehensive that was from the u.s i think the u.s are back on top of the Concacaf tree now like firmly over the last couple of games that we've seen uh which is great i you know, you said Canada had a few chances. They did have a nice little move right at the end there tonight. Um, I think it was Jonathan Hoyle. David played it to the back post that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was a nice little interplay, which is like 20 times more than Mexico managed in the full 90 the other night. Um, but it was the most Canada really uh, um, mustered. They looked dangerous enough in the first half going down the right side. But like, well, they, they had moments where they were threatening in that they were playing balls kind of across the face of goal or near the face of goal, but the mm. U.S. just always had someone there. I was so, you know, the U.S. defense, I think, was tested a little bit more tonight, a lot more tonight than they were the other night. And I thought I still, they answered, I still think they answered it was pretty much every challenge. But just like you said, in, 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 and, and you're really only echoing what Jurgen Klopp says, um, <laughs> you know, Jurgen Klopp, when Liverpool give up chances, that's football. Teams will do right. that. You know, you can't have it all the, your, your own way, or you generally don't have it unless you're playing Mexico uh, these days. But um, but even then, Andrew, I just I honestly felt they were comfortable. I thought Zimmerman was fine. I thought Chris Richards was fine. Scally I, thought Chris, I thought Richards was very good. I thought Anthony <laughs> Robinson was really good tonight. I thought Joe Scally was really good. Uh, Everybody on that back. Yeah, line. I don't know, man. I I I think they I I think they they were the best word I could say was they were uh unbothered 
like, like they weren't really hurt. They were never exposed. They were never opened up, not in any real sense, which is. Really but I think be- that's really. But to me, that is really good. Like every time. Again, it's not a figment of my imagination. Like Canada were playing balls in front of goal and there was just always an American mm. who was well-placed to repel it. And it was it just happened over and over again. I mean, Canada had 64% possession tonight and they really didn't do a whole lot with it. And I think that a lot of that, yeah, some of that is them, but I think a lot of that was the U.S. and the way they were set up and the way they defended. No, the uh, shape was good. And, and, and there was always someone getting a block in. There was always... Uh, somebody getting it like you said uh, cutting out something or clearing across but like there was also an awful lot of chances like I remember it was uh, in the 36th minute like the best chance that they had probably in the first half or one of the best that they carved out um, was um, oh, who had the shot he, he he won a brilliant tackle from Pulisic and then gets up and, and drives a shot that was saved down to the left it was Matt Turner um, one of the Canadian midfielders it just it escapes me who it was but like I looked at that and I thought Okay, that's a that's a that's a chance for Canada, and you break it down, though it's still a shot from distance. I, I honestly thought the US were comfortable, less comfortable than they were against Mexico, but that's to be expected because there's they'll they'll rarely get an easier ride than they got the other night against Mexico, even from some of the weaker sides in Concacaf. I mean, Paul, when, when talking about the quality of chances, I think Paul Carr uh, he had a, a good tweet that kind of summed up a lot of that. Uh, he says 10 of the 15 USMNT shots came off set pieces. Seven of their 15 shots were from inside 10 yards. One, right. one of Canada's 12 shots came from inside 14 yards, um, which that tells you a lot, tells you a lot, tells you a lot about the quality of opportunities that that each team were getting over the course of this game. Um, you know, and then just to move to the second half, I don't have a ton other than to say the U.S. could have scored more. I, I was kind of if there was only if I had to take one piece away from this game that I was, I guess, discouraged by is a little strong, but whatever, that I was a little discouraged by, I would have liked to see that goal where they could have put this away rather than kind of keeping it in, in a position where if Canada had gotten one, it could have made for a nervy final 10 to 15 minutes or so. For the life of me, I don't know how Balogun didn't get a second. I mean, what I think it was Kennedy uh, on the, the line, line. Who, was, who, who, I mean, that ball was absolutely smashed by Balogun from probably about seven or eight yards out. Um, and should have scored. Can't believe he didn't. Uh, maybe Canada were lucky there. Maybe that was brilliant by Kennedy to be where he was. Whatever. Uh, don't know how he didn't score. Chris Richards also hit the crossbar. He could have had a second goal in this one. Um, so, you know, again, even in the second half with the U.S. holding that two-goal lead, um, yeah, maybe there was a little bit more of defending, a little bit more willingness to allow Canada to have possession um, and try to break the U.S. down, which they couldn't. But the U.S., to their own credit, did continue to go for it, and they did try to get that third. They just they weren't able to come up with it. It would have been nice if they had and kind of been able to put that one to bed a little bit earlier um, than they did. But still, that's uh, I'm, I feel like I'm kind of nitpicking in in looking at that as uh, a reason to be discouraged tonight. Um you know, overall, JJ, I think you have to be happy that, like, if you kind of look through the U.S. lineup, um, you know, B.J. Callahan was forced into three changes for a cup final. We didn't have our first choice right back and Dest didn't have um, our really our first and second choice midfielders in Tyler Adams and Weston McKinney. Um, you know, like the U.S. were missing Miles Robinson, who we found out suffered a hamstring, a tight hamstring injury. Uh, in the game against Mexico. By the way, that's even without Tim Ream or Cameron Carter-Vickers. So you might even say that those were the the U.S.'s maybe first three uh, or first two preferred 
Um, center backs weren't available. So a lot of guys who, if everyone's healthy, probably have a stake to claim of being in that 11. The U.S. didn't have all those guys tonight, which is always going to be the case. No, You're never going to have the exact 11 that you want. But still, that's a lot of players uh, that we consider to be top choice players for them that weren't available, and the U.S. still looked as good as they did. I think that's encouraging. It's a deep team right now. Uh, I I, th- I think so too. Um, like there there wasn't. I I said after the Mexico game that I wasn't massively worried about the players that were missing, the quality as they are, and uh, it proved to be the case with the with the players that they brought in. They were, I mean, they were more than comfortable uh, in doing their jobs, and um, I just. I don't know. I ex- expected something more from Canada tonight to to really get the U.S. for a sustained period on the back foot, and it never happened. And you could see Herdman was a bit frustrated on the sideline as well with what he was seeing in front of him. Um, to have Alfonso Davies in the side, and him for for him rarely to get a run on any of the players. Now that, again, that's credit to the U.S. Credit to the way they were set up. Credit to the fact that Scali was never really exposed 1v1 with him. That never happened. There was always two or three players around. You'll, you'll remember that moment in the second half uh, down on the left-hand side where he's he's getting the ball and it's Scali plus, I don't know, was it De La Torre or someone else? You know, boxing off, working together, making sure that like there weren't those gaps, there weren't those huge uh, spaces that Canada themselves were leaving. So, you, you know, that was really, really good. Hated, absolutely hated seeing Gio Reyna in some kind of a, what I would imagine is a precautionary boot. There is a boot that players go into. It doesn't mean that it's 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 a dreadful injury. And he was on the sideline. He was very, very animated on the sideline, um, which I think is is deliberate. Seeing, encouraging his players. Like there's no need with three minutes left for you to be that animated, making hand signals about being compact, encouraging. What are you two, implying? At Tunnel. Oh, I'm implying that he's absolutely uh, trying to swing things back, uh, trying to not rewrite the narrative, but kind of trying to counter the narrative of him being this disruptive force that he was during the World Cup and everything that's gone before. He's, he's trying to show I'm a team player. Hey, look at me. Because there's literally no reason for him to be hopping up and down the sideline in a boot. None. None whatsoever. That game was that was washed. It was over. But it was him very much aware of the cameras. You know the kids, Andrew? Wow, this, this is... That's true. What? Come on. Come on. There's nothing wrong with it. But there was no... Like, I guarantee you, if Christian... Uh, if Pulisic was on the sideline, um, in 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 that state, in that game state, with the with the way things are going, he's not he's not bothered. He's having a drink. He's having a joke. Everybody else seemed to be pretty relaxed, but uh, Reyna was there. I mean, the whole team was standing up sure. in the last couple minutes. No, they, they were they were about to win a trophy. I, I'm okay of course. With that. I, this is this is this. No, is but he was visibly. What, what is your what is your issue tonight? Like seriously? Oh, he's po- like, he's- like, sorry, are, do, like, are you my like, issue? I'm the one you, who's happy. What, are you like a Gucci Anye? Are you like happy? Are you like a Gucci Anyewu? Have you suddenly got a job at US Soccer and now you're you have to toe the party line or something? Like, it's only happiness, it's only joy. We're not allowed. We're not allowed to dissect things. But like, what is that criticism that he's standing up with? Three it's minutes not a to criticism. Go. I'm not saying. If you tell me that somebody is is playing to the cameras, there's not necessarily a positive Absolutely connotation to that. Absolutely, he was. Absolutely, he was. And that's I I I wouldn't blame him I, if I was in his position, considering the the lorry load of that's been talked about me and my family uh, for the last and 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 most of it justifiable 
for for the last few months, um, I I would want to show, hey, I'm a good guy. I'm a team player. Um, and look at me, even in my injured state, trying to rally the troops, even though the troops didn't need rallying. Well, I'll say this about him. In terms of his performance on the field, which is, he was what, excellent. Which is what really matters, he is doing the things now for the U.S. that he, he is forcing B.J. Callahan or Greg Berhalter or whoever is, <laughs> yeah. ma- is managing this team the next time Gio Reyna is playing for well, it. Well, it won't be Berhalter. Um, well, like, well, I suppose Reyna well, is not on the Gold Cup, right? Like, yeah, he won't be involved. Sorry, yeah, you're the, right. next, the next time Reyna is playing, I yeah, assume no, Berhalter a good point. will be the, the manager. Yeah. Um, and he is doing the things on the field that is making it impossible for him to be removed from this lineup. Again, we talked about this the other night. I don't know what that means. I don't know who it is that comes off, but I do know this. It's a, it's a good problem because what's the cliche? Iron sharpens iron, right? That's like the thing that everyone says. That's the hope with Balogun and what he does to Ricardo Pepe, uh, you know, that his presence here causes Pepe to have to take his game up a notch. Gio Reyna is now a legit threat to this midfield that we thought was impenetrable. Um, some I, I don't know. I don't know who it is that I take off, but I, I can't imagine right now with what I just saw from Gio Reyna in these last two games, assuming he's healthy and fit and of the right mind, uh, I can't imagine writing an 11 that doesn't have him in it. He's he's absolutely one of the best 11 players, probably one of the best three or four players on this team. But I, he, wasn't, he was in December too, but the conditions and the attitude and the whole atmosphere wasn't right. And his fitness probably wasn't even as good. Well, at that I think point. that was I think that was the focal point of it was that they didn't think his fitness was there, but they gave him a chance to prove them wrong, and he didn't do that. And if anything, he he made it easier for them to make the decision they made. Yeah, I don't. I just don't think that happens again. I think that that was in in the like the worst way possible a lesson learned. I wish he could have learned it different differently and handled it differently. But there's just I can't. He'll still probably have you know an attitude like he might be who he is. He might be this ultra competitive guy who, when things don't go his way, can get pouty or whatever. I don't that that may always be know. there, he, but I can't ever envision something quite as bad as what happened at the World Cup happening again. I think he'll be a different guy in in those situations moving forward. I would tend to agree with you, and you know, at the remove of a few months as well, um, you know. As long as he can stay fit, I think the biggest thing for him, his mentality is his ability to stay fit because I think, like, as a professional footballer, that weighs on you so much that you can't trust your body. I'm not talking about, like, an impact injury, something like that. Those things happen, but that you'll suddenly pull a hamstring or you'll tweak it, your groin, your calf will go, that, that just ebbs away at your confidence. If he doesn't have that, I think his attitude will be 100% because he's always going to be playing or there or thereabouts that starting 11. And I would agree with you. Um, he's just so talented. Like I said, the minute he picked that ball up in space, drove into that space, I knew he delivered that the right ball. You just, you just know he will because he has that quality. And hopefully what happened, all that stuff is just behind him now. That's what you really, you really want. But I, I, I stand by what I said. Like his attitude on the field has been Johnny Hustle. He's been getting around. He's been playing so well. And it doesn't surprise me that he's... Let, let, let me put it this way. It, it doesn't have to be fake or it doesn't have to be uh, artifice or some kind of affectation what he was doing tonight. But he was consciously doing it, is my point. Like, I'm going to be that guy. I'm going to be more of a team guy or I'm going to be, and I'm going to be visibly more of a team guy. And that's not a... That's not well, I'll, I'll say this. When you put it that way, 
Is that that's, better? Is that better fine. for you, Andrew? Well, is, when you say playing to the cameras, I take that as kind of a like that's somebody being to fake. It that's somebody and, being fake and phony and like yeah. And as a member of the of, no, of the but, USSF, you you <laughs> you don't want that said about your players. But also, but the way you put it there, I take that more as this is a guy who is making a conscious effort to re-ingratiate himself with his teammates. And I'm fine with that. hundred percent. There you go. You said it better for me, sweetie. Thank you for explaining my words. Playing to the cameras. What a... Here's, here is one thing that I thought about tonight uh, that I thought of you specifically. Um, <laughs> in, watching, in watching the celebrations afterwards, um, he didn't play in the game tonight. So because of that, I was wondering if you felt like there was a little bit of Calvin Phillips going on in Weston McKinney's celebrations. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. The difference between Weston McKinney and Calvin Phillips is the Pacific Ocean in terms of celebration. Weston McKinney had every right to be out there with his camera, documenting things with the guys having fun on the field. Okay. Because... He has contributed significantly in this, in getting to this final and in the previous game and in general to this team regularly across the past 12 months. I just wasn't sure if the fact that he didn't play in the final means no. it, it, he, he can't be the biggest celebrator in the final. No, you're misconstrued. You are, you know what? Sometimes. I don't think this is such a, this is not a leap. This Sometimes, Andrew, I don't believe I know you. I'm not making a leap here. I'm this... telling you something, Andrew. You know the difference. What I do, been... I do. But when you condense it out down into one, like a couple games, I'm no. just saying he can celebrate. But with your Calvin Phillips theory, I don't know if he can be the biggest celebrator. The the Calvin Phillips theory. It, it, it must stretch across more than just like one or two games. Like Calvin Phillips. I said is a ghost. Like he does nothing for Manchester City. Nothing. He's just a man who's there. And him being front and center, visibly drunk and leading the cheering is, is, was just wild to me. Absolutely wild. I would, I couldn't do it. I, I, I oh, I cringe. I swallow. So you're saying face. that, that if like, if Sean Johnson was doing that, it'd be like easy there, fella. It's a bit different when you're a sub goalie, isn't it though? It's All right, Alan different. Senora. Because don't forget, <laughs> don't forget, who was the biggest leader of the party when Spain won the World Cup in 2010? On the plane, we all saw the pictures. You don't remember that? I don't remember, no. Pepe Reina, absolutely oh, okay. going mental. <laughs> Didn't kick a ball. Or did he kick a ball? Did he play? I don't think he did. I doubt it. When yeah, would he for, have, uh, there's no way. I was trying to like think, did Spain Casillas. have a game that... Did Spain have a game that didn't matter? They didn't because they lost the opener. So he would have played. Yeah. Casillas would have played every game. So, but but he was like, yeah, going absolutely crazy. It's different for keepers. Um, uh, other thoughts from this game. I thought, especially early on, the um, the right side of the U.S. Boy, it just this team right now. I think the thing that stands out to me with this American team, even with guys who aren't playing that would, you know, like Sergio Dest might be the fastest player on the team. He wasn't playing tonight, but we still look so fast watching down the right side, Tim Weah, his speed, when he gets into any kind of space, he's immediately threatening. Uh, that's why he's one guy when people will talk about, okay, well, who's Raina going to start for? Like there's, it can only be a couple candidates, 
right? Because it's not going to like Pulisic is a, is a nailed on starter. Balogun right now is a nailed on starter. So if you're looking at other attack minded players, I guess you're looking at McKinney. You're looking at Musa, who's not necessarily attack minded, but if we're looking in that midfield area, and you're probably looking at Tim Weah. But I just I can't take Weah off the field right now. I think no. he br- he brings this level of speed and dynamism to to that side for the U.S. that is so threatening to opposing defenses and we see we've seen time and time again all the way from world cup qualifying up through now every time he plays for this team he's a threat in some way or another so he doesn't, I, he's got to play for me too yeah he doesn't really let you down does he like he no. always contributes something and there's been a long i wouldn't say always there was a period where you're like oh, i'm not sure about him but like we'll say over the last 15 18 months you can't argue it. you just can't he's been absolutely um he's been brilliant and again you talk about pace when the U.S. break and they win it in midfield and space opens up, genuinely, they've got the speed. They've got the pace from a number of players. Like uh, Pulisic across the last two games, the minute he, he, I mean, particularly against Mexico, which, again, um, probably isn't the greatest example because I think even you, Andrew, would find space and run into it against Mexico. But, like, he attacked space so well. Um, like They're very, very mobile. You know, we don't, like we've moved away from, I'm not saying he wasn't mobile, but we've moved away from the Altidores and the and the Wondolowskis quite dramatically. It's a much more m- modern attack line. It's much more interchangeable. They link up really well. Um, it's like I said, it's modern. It's it's necessary. And um, and dare I give Bearhalter any credit, but and and your stepfather Dave Sarakin. Like that was the job that they had to do was to overhaul all of that, and and um, there has been a significant change over the past two, two to three, four years, and and we are we are more dangerous. I still think there's more goals in the team. Oh, I agree. And, I was even and that would be about a concern. That. I was even thinking about that about the Mexico game for how well I felt like the U.S. played and how poorly Mexico played. Yeah. It felt like that's got to be a five nil. No, I agree. Like I agree. Th- it was three enough. Like. Now, now having three, said three was a nice number. I think if we walked out with two, you would have been, oh, we've missed an opportunity there <laughs> to but really punish them. Yeah, three was a good number. Yeah, uh, three is just barely on the on the front end of what's an, what's acceptable for a beating of yeah. that caliber. But it could have. It felt like on a different day, maybe it probably could have or should have been worse. And by the same token, this could have been that. This could have been a, a three nil if Balogun scores the goal that he was presented with. You're talking JJ about how we've moved forward from an attack standpoint. Um, so let me take you back just, you know, a f- six months, seven months when we didn't feel that way, when the U.S. attack was sort of this big question mark, the biggest hole p- potentially on the on the lineup sheet. Um, and now here we are. We've watched Balogun in an American uniform for two games, uh, scored a goal. Could have had another. Drew a red card in the first game against Mexico. Um, Mike L. Goodman tweeted this during the game. He said, I don't know how good Balogun will be, but I do know how much better he is than our other options. Mm. Um, I think that that's, right now, that's, I'd say right now, that's a fair point. I do feel like there's this trajectory on Ricardo Pepe that's really pointing upward that I feel good about. But you've watched him for two games now, play for the U.S. Do you suddenly feel like... Problem solved. We're good now. That's not a hole anymore. Um, from what I've seen, he is 
an upgrade, a significant upgrade on what was before and the other options. Definitely. So from that standpoint, when he's fit, he starts. When he's available, he starts. Mm-hmm. Um, is he is he going to be as devastating uh, as maybe some people would assume based on his run of form in league on? I don't know about that. I don't know that to be the case yet. Um, but for me, he starts now. And I, I think, like uh, listening to the panel tonight, it's amazing how quickly we've decided that he is now first choice center forward for the team. Like it's it's pretty much nailed on. And I I think even, even if his, his club form, now I haven't seen his underlying metrics. I haven't seen his underlying stats. I'd like to see those. But even if his club form was to take a slight dip, um, I still think he's head and shoulders above the other candidates there. And he will start almost always, I would think, going the forward. Of, the official position of this podcast is that we are indeed good now. Well, you're spot. absolutely in love with him. You're we're, we're raptured. Good we're good now. You're 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 you have a very I think it's adorable. Um, it reminds me of a trait. It reminds me of me when I was twelve, mm-hmm. and the Republic okay. of Ireland would unearth a new striker, like John Goodman from Wimbledon, or you know anybody would come in into the into the fray, and I would just get so excited. I'm Did sorry, it. this guy just scored twenty one goals. At his age, in one of Europe's top five leagues, this isn't Don Goodman. No, <laughs> my de- no. I'm saying my desire for like a player to come in and be excellent uh, when I was twelve is very much burning bright in yours. Where I'm, I'm much more cynical now. I'm always concerned they're never gonna, they won't turn out to be. And again, this is probably Republic of Ireland depression hangover just looming on top of my shoulders right now but um but yeah you're very it's very cute it's a cute trait that you have andrew you know? we're good now we're good at that position i think we are i i i, I won't it... say good is so mm. i i think i think put, he's put it this way when we go into our next uh, what's our next thing that these guys will all be playing copa america next summer oh my god i wish somebody i wish someone could come in my house right now knock me unconscious and i could wake up in time for that just like wake up and that's ready to start i need that immediately <laughs> what I need an that ex- to happen now what an extraordinary kink you have but like but the next time that like this role somebody like, knock me unconscious ga- like games of importance and that tournament will be so important um when the next thing rolls around that it's going to be our best 11 versus everybody else's best 11s, uh, I'm not going to look at, if he's healthy, I'm not going to look at the US 11 and be like, I still don't know about that top spot, that, that spot up front. Uh, I won't feel that way. Okay. Maybe there will be other holes that develop. Maybe, the, I don't know. But that, I feel I good now. I also think it's not just about him scoring goals. I think his movement is good enough that he'll be able to link with others. Definitely. And his so hold I'm- up, he, that's the thing that I think, you know he can score goals. We we know that from his domestic form, um, but his ability to hold up possession, his strength. You talked about it on the goal that he scored, holding off a defender who's bearing down on him with one arm while he's scoring his a goal from a tight angle. Yeah, uh, I I think he looks more the complete player than I may have even realized now watching him like really up close in these last couple of games. So, um, boy, that's such a like what a thing to be able to say. Like we've been plagued by. The, uncertainty at that position for years now and i and i've now officially declared that we're good now this is uh this is too much 
I'm happy with him. I don't think I'm alone in feeling. I'm this happy way. with him. I want him to start. I think that I think that the management will start him. But I need you to just chill. Out. I don't think I'm alone here. I, mm. I think I'm speaking for the American masses on how they feel about this. There's look. There's a reason that we've been courting this guy for a couple years, and that everybody lost their minds when he was in an Orlando Magic game. Like, like everyone knows the deal here. We're desperate, and he's the real thing. And you can and we, thank a. You can thank a former Ireland international for getting him on 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 the U.S. books because I definitely think his re- relationship or lack thereof with Lee Carsley, the England under twenty one manager, <laughs> played no small role yeah, in him ending up in at, at that um, Orlando Magic game. Couldn't have hurt. Yeah, there could be something to that. Um, yeah, but overall, I think you talked about something before JJ that I I kind of did want to go a little bit deeper on. Um, this idea that the U.S. and I've seen this a lot on Twitter since the game ended that the U.S. are now once again kings of Concacaf. Um, that's a tricky one to gauge because you know the U.S. in World Cup qualifying were not, you know, they did the job and they had some good results certainly along the way, but they were not incredible. No, they, they finished third. It did come down to the final game for them. That you know something crazy had to happen for them to not make it in that final game. But still, there was no cushion at the end of that. So they were not amazing. Um, you know, the World Cup they were good. They weren't unbelievable. They were good. They they achieved their objective, but went no further. Uh, and so then now we come to this, where I thought they were excellent. Uh, is that? enough there's like a lot to there's there's no simple gauge here when no, we get I, something like this no but just like based on what we view that was a good canada side uh on paper a good canada side that played tonight and they did they, they looked like they were suffering from a world cup hangover which is an amazing thing to be able to say in june uh, when uh when the world cup was in december obviously but um yeah they feel like they they're not quite maybe Herdman needs to rethink there. Mexico are in complete disarray. That's the thing. Is like this conversation begins with okay, well, it's not Mexico. Now go from there. So it really can only be the U.S. or Canada. The U.S. And just I, looked I, pretty I, convincing against Canada's best eleven without necessarily the U.S. having all the guys they wanted. I think you just even if you just go player for player, I, I, I don't know. Call me biased. Fine. I don't think I'm wrong. I think it's the U.S. It, it is so. the U.S. They're the better so. team. I think so too. But I will not deny that. Like I said, going into the World Cup after during World Cup qualifying, Canada were were I thought head and shoulders above the the opposition sides. But Canada got a lot more out of average players than the U.S. get out of their like the the most average player that the U.S. have. I still think is a good bit higher than than what Canada have. Um, and I, I just think I think we have a better a be, we have more depth um, than Canada have, um, and and I think Canada's Canada's uh, success was based on that unit really working, clicking together, and it's it's not it's not quite happening right now. It's just it's just things are a little bit off for them. But um, I mean that's subject to change. <laughs> sure, but, Few injuries. but when though? But like that's the thing. It can't like the Gold Cup. It won't prove anything. No, the Gold Cup won't because the squads are are skewed. So. I think we're gonna have we gotta wait until next summer. I think is is what it comes down to, which is frustrating that we're gonna have to wait for a Copa America to be able to continue this conversation because there's not really gonna be anything between now and then. I think. Look, I think Balogun changes the equation. 
um, putting that piece up front for the U.S., I think they just feel like a more convincing, complete side. Um, but I, I saw a stat tonight also that it's now uh, 22 for the U.S. unbeaten consecutively at home against Canada. Um, that's a huge number. I think 12 wins and 10 draws. Uh, that's that's a big number for um, for the U.S. to kind of hang their hat on. Now you could say, yeah, but a lot of what makes you the best in a region is by how you do on the road. The U.S. have struggled mightily in that in in that part of it. However, let me ask you a, a let me ask you a question here that I was thinking about. So, like, if that's the thing that concerns us, how are the U.S. going to do when they're not playing in the U.S.? JJ, when is the next actual time? that the U.S. are going to play a game of real consequence, not in the United States. 2028. Right? <laughs> At least? I don't know. You got Copa America here. You got a World Cup here. There's no World Cup qualifying for the U.S., so there's not going to be any scary nights in Honduras or you know tense nights in Trinidad. Like, rule all that out. Like They only have home games from here all the way up through... like. Several years from now? Hey, they better be good then. They better be damn good then. Well, I'm glad that you said that because I did want to point out one other thing here. Um, These two games, it's amazing the power that just two games can have because we all know the tenor of the conversation on Triple G returning. There's not a whole lot of high fives being given over that. The U.S. just looked really good with, with an interim to an interim. Okay, and I know that a lot of it might it might be Triple G system like this is Callahan is is an assistant under Bearhalter. So like maybe there are similarities in in that. But still, this is this goes on BJ Callahan's record. He did this. He won this trophy. Triple G is going to come back. If they don't look good, (laughs) like it's going to be it's going to be unacceptable. Like it just is. Like And and I guess, again, Copa America will be the, the proving ground if that tournament is a disaster in some way, or the U.S. are just fine, you know, nil-nils, a 1-1, and a 1-0 to get out of the group, something like that. Uh, you know, it, it has to look, it does have to look better. I think we were willing to give him a little, you and I, not, no, not many others, but I think you and I were willing to give him a little bit of a pass in terms of how it looked, because like we said, there was a lot of transition going on here. There were holes in this lineup that I don't know what manager could have suddenly made look a lot better, but even still, you know, I do think that it it, it can't just be them sneaking by anymore. I think they are going to have to also look good. Uh, agreed. Uh, can I can I can I point out as well um, tonight that uh, Paramount Plus, CBS, whoever it was, they did a montage like a Greg Bearhalter's back montage, and the montage featured tweets. Bearhalter's back. The bounce pass returns. All these tweets that they picked up. I'm like. Uh-huh. Ooh, these tweets don't represent a lot of people out there. <laughs> you have been quite selective. It was it was a bearholder yeah. hype video, essentially. And I'm sat there watching it. I'm like, this is not representative of certainly any of our listeners. I say this as somebody who was who was generally fine with yeah. him returning. Who asked for that? Who's Damn. asking for the Bear Halters back hype video? Like, uh, if anyone else saw, can you can you at CO Soccer Pod on Twitter, uh, cutoffsidepod at gmail.com, tell us on the Reddit, whatever, because I was sat there like, this is propaganda. I, I was on Univision's coverage tonight, so I did not see the uh, 
I was watching in Espanol, in vivo. Um, Fair enough. By the way, the, the absolute disaster trying to watch the Republic of Ireland's game the other night against Greece uh, in the UEFA. You need Fubo, Champions. right? Isn't that... Fubo. I'm not paying for it. I paid for it before. I cancelled my subscription. I can't go back to them now. No way. So I, I looked, was it on VIX? That's That's the other one. So VIX shows a load of the games, but it's VIX Plus. So that's subscription too. Oh my God. I listened to it on the radio. Nice. On the radio. And it was just fine. It did, uh, considering how bad Ireland played. Yeah. Um, maybe it was better I didn't see anything. I only heard how bad they were. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for that. You're not sorry. I mean, I'd prefer they win. I like Ireland. I, got, I like when they when they do well. I think it would be fun for them to be in the next World Cup here in the United States with the fan base they have. Oh, my God. That would bring so much entertainment to that tournament. Um, but at any rate, uh, JJ, I don't have a ton else on this. I mean, I, I, no. you know, I'm I'm pleased. I feel like the team played well throughout these couple games against the best competition that there is right now for us in this part of the world. I'm glad that Pulisic, he won player of the tournament. Um you know, he was pretty quiet in the first half, I thought. But then, boy, there were moments in the second half where you, you see him open up as can, as Canadian legs get tired, just how dangerous he can be. Um, I'm so- I'm I'm happy, man. Winning is great. It's it's good to win these things. I just I the whole thing left me a tiny bit cold just because I've been spoiled, probably spoiled by the midweek game, spoiled by previous the last incarnation of this final, which was nuts and full of fun. Well, yeah, that was that was high drama. Yeah, so I can't expect that all the time, I guess. And it was always going to be a bit harder when it was a half-full NFL stadium. But there we are. Well done to the U.S. Indeed. Uh, and so now the turnaround is almost immediate as we get ready for the Gold Cup, which uh, which kick off, kicks off, is it later this, this week? Like spot- the end of the week? Yeah, the end I have of the to week. go. I got to go back and check, but yeah. So uh, I mean, we'll we'll certainly be all over that. Um, but yeah, it's it's a good night for the U.S. Very pleased, and uh, and and onward and upward for this team. I, I should ask JJ. I don't have too. I don't have too much else. This is sort of just kind of a, a an emergency podcast post UEFA or Concacaf Nations League final. Um, I, I did want to ask you how your first Father's Day was. It was very nice. It was very good. Uh, uh, my partner Darcy and our daughter Roisin took me for a meal. Very nice. Um, I got gifts. I don't feel like I deserve it. I'm three weeks a dad, so I kind of felt like a I felt like a bit of a fugazi. But I have been a pretty great dad for those three weeks. I'll always have those three weeks if everything else goes wrong. But it was very nice, and to get text messages from people saying, you know, Happy Father's Day, Happy First Father's Day, was really, uh, really quite touching. Really nice. That is nice. You deserve it. How was yours? Don't don't downplay the first three weeks. That's like, that's the punch in the face moment. That's like, oh my god, you know, my my life has just changed wonderfully, but immeasurably. Like you're you're still in that period of like your head is spinning. So like, no, take take the win here. Don't yeah. feel bad about any of that. No. Um, I'm I'm, was... I'm I'm Irish. I find it hard to take credit for things. It's very kind of a lot of self loathing going on. You know. Yeah. Yeah. How was mine, you asked? Yeah. Um, Did your son sell any of your beloved items? It's a fascinating question, how was mine? Oh, God. So I say this, I'll put out the initial qualifiers. Um, Watching, so uh, 
Jack had a piano recital today. Oh. It was placed on Father's Day. Ooh. I'll say this initially. Um, I, I haven't really seen him play the piano much because I, I get home so late from work. Whenever he is practicing, it's like during the day when I'm not around. Watching him play the piano fine, like successfully in a room full of like, I don't know, 100 people was I was nervous for him. And it was really cool to see him do it. That's lovely. Yeah, that 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 was great. Oh no. Um however, I'm going to say this I'm going to say this right now. I might offend some people. And I'm and I'm sorry in advance if you get if you're hurt by this, but I we're always honest. We have to be ourselves on this show or this show wouldn't work. Right. JJ having a piano recital on Father's Day should be a f- crime. <laughs> It shouldn't be allowed because <laughs> it not, should have been. It should have been about me. It's not right. It's not fair. I want you to guess how long this recital lasts. Oh my god! Because it's kids of that age to get them yeah. set set up. Some of them will have false starts. They'll have to go again. Oh, you're talking at least two hours. It was two and a half hours. Oh Christ, no! That it is was two that... and a half hours. No. And so, so oh, when I found no. out, when I found out that this was happening on Father's Day, and again, it's not like I need. It, I'm not saying this because I need like to be pampered and catered to, and I want to do all that. the things that I want to do today. Like it's not about that, but like a little. <laughs> <laughs> a little can it ever be a tiny bit about me <laughs> i no i I totally get that but so i said to jack uh, i was like so like this was a couple days ago when i found out that this was this was what we're doing on father's day um i was like so how about uh boy how about that piano recital on father's day huh how'd that happen and he and I think he like he's old enough now where he can maybe sense something coming from me. Yeah. And so I was like, that seems like an interesting day. And Jack said back to me, he's like, Well, our teacher told us that the greatest gift we can give a parent is the gift of music. <laughs> and I would like to go on record and say, Nope, not true. <laughs> not true. Music, not the greatest gift. Egg only. <laughs> Again, oh. it was it was lovely and like genuinely like I took video of him doing it and I was really, truly like beaming proud. But like, see, the other factors in this, the other problems with it are like there are ancillary things that cause this to also be a problem, not just like the my father's day is now me at a piano recital of first, second and third graders or whatever for three hours. But it's also like Jack was horribly nervous beforehand. So that's like two hours before the recital of dealing with a, a nervous wreck seven-year-old. Oh, and you I feel totally get that. And then, oh, there, there's that other little part where I also have a three-and-a-half-year-old who is a monster in situations like this. If you were to tell me, Andrew, what does your personal hell look like? It would probably be like me and Luke in a position or a situation where Luke has to be quiet. <laughs> have to be quiet. Like, that's my hell. That's what hell looks like for me. Because he won't do it. And I give him credit. It's it's a tough thing to, for anyone to sit through. But he's three. And he did a good job for about 30 minutes. But you know what? We still have two hours to go. Oh, for That's f- not long enough. That is- so, so it becomes painful because people start looking at you. Their kid is playing. And Luke's yelling. 
So I got to take him out, but he doesn't want to go out because he wants mommy to take him out. But she had to stay back. And it's just it's just one of those things. The rest of the day was great. We went for a, a hike in the morning, which was awesome. We played baseball when we got home from the recital and barbecued at night. Um, and then I topped it off with the U.S. winning this trophy. So the day was great. But I thought that that was a funny kind of three hour um, stretch of the day in the middle. That was even dark. even on a day that's dedicated towards you, Andrew, something is sent to test you. Don't you think that's a strange choice for where, where we're going to place this piano recital? Hey, listen, I don't want to get all political, but that's the way the country is going. That's the way it's going. <laughs> I'm not sure if that was what piled I was driving things at. On to the, piled things on to the man's day. We don't matter. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's tough for us white males out there, Andrew. Yeah, we, we don't have enough. We don't have enough. Um, we don't have enough. I jest. I jest. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I was, uh, I took Roisin to, uh, we went out for dinner last night. And um, so I put Roisin in a, my daughter, I put her in a, a, a wrap. I know how to put a wrap on. So I wrap up, you know, and I carry her, bundle her close to my chest. Mm-hmm. And because it replicates kind of being back in the womb and they're in like the fourth trimester where they really don't want to be in the world. They just want to be back inside, inside the womb. Uh, it calms them down. It keeps them calm. Most of the time, at some point, they're going to get, well, I'm done with this. I want to get out and eat some food. So we went there, uh, went to a bar just a few few blocks away. Everything was fine. And then she decides to get like what we call fussy. (laughs) (laughs) She roared. I mean, roared, opened up those Irish lungs and let rip. And I just had like, because I don't want to ruin people's dining experience because I used to effing hate every single person that would bring a screaming baby into a social situation or into a restaurant or a bar. You're him now. I had to leave. I said, Darce, yeah. I wasn't even not have to go. I have to go. And there's t- these two young girls coming. Wait in. until your first plane ride over to Ireland. Oh my God. And she goes mental. I know her ears pop. <laughs> oh my God. And I'll, I'll literally, I'll have to apologize to everyone, everyone. And I'll get arrested because I'll be trying to get into the cockpit to apologize to the pilots. Yeah. That's what's going to happen. Yeah. But anyway, um, so I'm, co- I'm going out the door and these two girls, I'd say mid, mid to early 20s are coming in, right? And they see me holding the baby. So I'm automatically, you get this face all the time when you hold an infant, like a newborn going around. You get the awe oh, face, which, and, and they think you're the, they think you're the greatest guy alive that you're carrying around your baby like this. They love you. They gave me that face. Then Roshin decides to roar right at them. And then I get the sympathy face. And it's just, I just want, I, I wanted to apologize to everyone. But on the flip side, everyone wants to see your baby. Everyone. I can't, I can't walk half a block without people asking me, you know, how many weeks old, uh, you know, uh, what's her name, but, but, but the whole thing, like they, so, you know, and, and, you know, me, I like attention. So it's, I, so it's kind of double-edged sword, I guess, but yeah, yeah. that was, um, no, father's day was nice today. Um, Roshan mostly behaved herself. Um, although she did a massive poo yeah. and uh, we had to improvise and go into a bar and uh, change her nappy. That's going to happen. You're going to get those, those you blowouts. Are. Um, JJ, I don't have much else. This is a good night. The last question that I have for you as we exit this is the, I know Bearhalter is the manager again. There's, you know, him and Reyna are going to have to be together. But Gio Reyna, I saw, was named man of the match tonight. Um, two assists. Like we said, he was brilliant. We didn't even talk about that movie he had where he, like, collected the ball, spun a defender, uh, then another, then, like, 
carried it, you know, up like he he was just excellent. He was again just kind of like the best version of of him, which is a potentially really good player. Are we past it all? Like can we can we now move on or does the first time Reyna and Bearhalter when they come back together can it not really be over all of the ugliness of the past few months until until we get past that? It can't be over until we get past that. Um okay. I Yeah. Because I saw Ricardo Pepe, the only reason I like he spoke about obviously his omission from the World Cup roster was probably the the most glaring one, the the one that most people probably had a problem with more than any other. He said today he's passed it all, um, you know that. So that's one you can hopefully, assuming that he's genuine, you can check that box. But the Reina Bearhalter one is the big one. Reina's playing great, um, vibes felt good. So I'm hoping that that we can move past. But you're probably right. I I I, I also think I also think again, and I I, I did say Tiaran is a he's an adult and he's a professional footballer. Yeah. Um. So I uh, if I was Bearhalter, I'd pick up the phone, speak to him, speak to him directly. No parents, none of that, because that'll never be fixed. That's a wound. That yeah. that's 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 I would say a re- that that can't be. That's irrevocable. Um. But yeah, pick up the phone, talk to him, be adults about it. Yeah. No, I think you're right. I think that's that would probably be smart, or even more. I wonder if it would even. Well, yeah, we'll say that. I was going to say if it would make even make it even more genuine if he actually flew out to wherever Geo was and and did it face to face like he may, that. He may he may do that. I actually think that would be the way to go. Yeah, yeah. Um, but at any rate, that's probably a conversation for another day when when the U.S. are in that kind of camp with the two can of them I, back together. But for now, ask, can, before you get out, one more yeah. thing before we yeah, go. Yeah, I have to ask. Um, Danny Carvajal. Oh yeah, yeah. My my, I didn't get to see it. I was busy. Uh, well, yeah, I, I know you didn't. But uh, I I actually wonder. Like it's it's a Panenka, but it's got a lot on it. It's, yeah, it's actually borderline Panenka. It's it's um, move it's moving way faster. Yeah, people, a, I, I do sometimes like just because a ball is placed centrally doesn't automatically make it a Panenka. Now this one was. I, I would say this one was. If it wasn't one, it was really close to being one. Uh, so I don't, I don't have a problem. I thought it moved with way more it pace. It, it was less clippy up, clippy down. It was, yeah. it was, it was more like I mean, it hit the back of the net, like with a yeah, fair yeah. amount of velocity. So it's, it is a Panenka, but it's just on the border for me, for me. So um, I don't think there was the. There's still the same amount of. Is there the same amount of risk? Probably not. But uh, yeah, there was that, and also Scotland spectacular win wow yeah oh my god um to be one nil down um Haaland scoring the penalty and then scotland to come back pounced um linden dykes pouncing on a mistake from the from the norwegian defense and then to score a winner so late on just 90th minute stuff absolutely brilliant and um the amount of jealousy i feel watching teams like scotland who i thought ireland were on that level with is oh yeah yeah, I can't sorry. do it. I can't, I, would... I can't do it anymore. Oh, oh, wow. What does that mean? I don't know. I mean, this this team is just, we think we're making progress and then we're not. And then, I don't know. I actually think it might be the end for Stephen Kenny. I think Stephen Kenny has done a lot of good work. He's overhauled the squad. New players brought in. We are playing better football, but it's not effective football. We're not getting the performances. I think he's done his part. And there may need another manager to come in. So, yeah. Oh, this is bleak. This it is, is bleak. Very bleak. It's very bleak, Andrew. 
Uh, two final things. One, England, I was wondering what you thought of Trent Alexander-Arnold playing midfield because it seems like he's getting rave reviews from that performance. Granted, it was Malta, but people seem gen- generally thrilled with how he looked. Yeah, and I mean, once he's not double-jobbing, once it's a midfield, a, a straight-up midfield position, um, I think that's better for him. I, st- I still have my doubts. I need to see him against a top, top team. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Um, when he's under a lot of pressure before I can make a, because I, it is a, a different kind of position. Um, but, but yeah, no, like he's, he's got a lot of the skills necessary. I, I just wonder, you know, receiving the ball in tight areas, quick turns. If there's a team that's pressurizing the midfield a lot, how will, how will he cope in that, in that regard? And then finally, JJ, did you see the video put out from the San Jose earthquakes? I believe of the fan who they had the competition where the ball was placed at the eighteen. And whoever could kick it, I guess, closest to the center circle would win some sort of prize. I don't know exactly what it was. Um, so a couple fans went. One got fairly close. Another one, I don't know what happened. The ball was almost out of the picture. Um, but then the third guy went. And JJ, he he did it. Like, he got the, he kicked the ball perfectly onto the center circle from back at the 18. I thought it was extraordinary. So I watched it. It's and so I compelling. Need to, I need to know from you who who would just have a better sense of these things than me, just how difficult that is. That's super difficult. Incredible. It's absolutely super difficult. He nails it. The weight of the pass is so good that it stops dead center, not even not on the lip, not on the lip of of the center circle spot. Yeah. Dead center. If you'd placed it with your hands, you wouldn't have placed it more accurately than he did with his foot from the penalty box. Utterly, utterly. Now, he he probably couldn't do it again. If he tried a million times, he couldn't do it again. Absolutely brilliant. And this sounds mundane and boring, but it's it's almost like some kind of visual soccer ASMR for me. Yeah, that's a great way of putting it. I watch it a thousand times. It's so good. It's so soothing. Um, yeah, people should watch that. Go over to San Jose uh, Earthquakes Twitter and uh, and indulge yourself. And you um, know how my American brain operates. When I saw that, and then it got pumped out, it went it went viral globally. Like like Twitter accounts that are followed by people all around the world were yeah. putting this out. I saw that, uh, and I took it as finally the world will take us seriously <laughs> in this sport. <laughs> thank That's God this happened. Thank went. God this happened here. I expect. I expect to be on a, an ESPN uh, radio show in two years' time for or next year for Copa America and for a guy who only covers baseball uh-huh. but is forced to cover soccer to ask me, do you think the defining moment in U.S. soccer was the guy who kicked the ball onto the center spot? Uh, yeah, I do, Craig. I absolutely do. It goes on the Mount Rushmore. It's, it's there the- with, with Caligiri. <laughs> getting the US back, the 94 World Cup, Beckham coming to MLS, and the guy who got it on the center circle. <laughs> oh, uh, all stuff. right, that's that's about all I got, JJ. Hey, for real, I, I know everybody's listening to this uh, the next day, but we're recording this on uh, late super late Sunday night. Happy Father's Day. I hope everybody out there had a great Father's Day. Um you all deserve it. This was fun. Congrats to the US, another trophy. Just keep stacking trophies. That's what it's all about. And we'll see a, a month or so from now. If they stack another one, we'll be covering the Gold Cup, of course, extensively all throughout that tournament. The transfer window continues to kick into high gear. Our next pod, will kind of dive back into that. This was more of a U.S.-centric pod as the U.S. are Nations League champs. 
once again. JJ, that's all I got. Happy Father's Day to you. To you, I say... Check you later, fun boy. I'll see you. Take care. You've been listening to the Caught Offside Soccer Podcast. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.